Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us to listen to this message. Whoever you are and wherever you're listening from, we trust that you'll be equipped, envisioned and encouraged as you listen today. want to pray this morning that you would um, open our eyes to see the unseen of what happens as we gather around this table together, Lord. And I pray that you would open our eyes to see one another this morning as we gather around this table. Help us to appreciate one another. Help us to love the body that you gave yourself for. In the name of Jesus, amen. When we, um, when we break bread together, um, very simply and, and very obviously, I suppose, we're remembering the death and the resurrection of Jesus, what he did on the cross and how he brought us freedom from sin and brought us into relationship with God. It's, it's wonderful. And Luke twenty-two fifteen to 20 says, then he said to them, I have fervently desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup and after giving thanks, he said, take this and share it among yourselves. For I tell you, from now on, I will not eat eat, um, or drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread and he gave it and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them and said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after the supper and said, this cup is the new covenant established by my blood. It is shed for you. you. And this morning, I I wanted to share with you, um, in the context of, uh, in the context of this, in the context of, Jesus' death and resurrection and what that represents. I wanted to share with you five things that I I love about breaking bread. Similar to last summer's 10 Things I Love About Tithing by David Lyon, except it's five things and it's about breaking bread instead of tithing, so nothing alike really. But but these things I, I wanted to talk about in the context of us together. The corporate things of breaking bread. The I want to talk about the appreciation that I have that the Lord has given us such an amazing way of remembering him but also appreciating the body that Jesus died for obviously with it being five things that um, that I love about breaking bread it was the perfect opportunity for alliteration and being a disciple of Richard Chris and David I knew that would be encouraged um, I haven't done it but uh, I knew it would be uh, I knew it would be appreciated so um, <laughs> The first thing um, that I love about breaking bread and I want to share with you today is the fact that it, breaking bread is the great equalizer amongst us. It is the thing that shows us how we share equality. I love the, the fact that Jesus didn't die any differently for any different type of person. He just died for us. And I love that money has no impact at all when we come to break bread together. The difference in our bank accounts has no impact 
It doesn't matter if we're breaking bread with a, a nice Rioja in a ciabatta or a slice of uh, Warburton's and a bit of uh, uh, squash, blackcurrant squash. It, it doesn't matter because the power and what it represents is exactly the same in one or the other. It's, it doesn't matter because what Jesus did goes beyond what's in our bank account. I love that our age has no impact on whether Jesus died for us or not. It has no impact on how we receive Jesus and what he's done for us. Hot Rock Five kids, give us a wave today. Very special people in with, uh, in with us today. Hi, back there, I see that hand. But it doesn't matter if you're 10 or 70, the power is just as effective. It is just as effective. And it is effective. <laughs> In the same way, it doesn't matter what we do from day to day. That has no indication, no impact on what Jesus has done for us because we're equal in him. It doesn't matter. There's no preferential treatment for those in here who have a degree or have those letters and stuff after their name or for those who mispronounce grass and bath and say grass and bath. There's grace for you here this morning. What I love about breaking bread is that it has nothing to do with us in the right way. It turns our attention from who we are and just points at what he's done for us. And when we look at that, each individually, it's all the same. And what's he done? He has died for us. His blood has been shed for us. The cross has done magnificent things for every one of us, no exceptions. If you ever feel like you don't fit in like I have, if you ever feel like you're not as important as someone else in the church, like I have, or if you ever feel like you're not hitting the mark, not quite getting there, like I have, just look at the cross, the body broken for you. Take your eyes off of yourself this morning and look at the spilled blood because that's where we find our equality. That's what gives us worth. That's what joins us as a family, that spilled blood. There's no preference, there's no favourites. That's what the cross shows me. We are all just as important as one another. It is the great equaliser. And then secondly, it helps us to be thankful. It helps us to be thankful because when we see that we're all equal in God's sight, it emphasises our great need for one another. Because if Jesus has done for you what he's done for me, and I realise how significant and amazing what he has done for me is, he's done that for you. So how precious are you? How important are you? And if I'm sat next to you, then there must be a reason for that. Psalm 133, which Alex um, read the other week, and we've come back to a couple of times. I'm just going to read it again, because it's just awesome, this picture of unity. How good and pleasant it is when brothers can live together. It's like fine oil on the head, running down on the beard, running down Aaron's beard onto his robes. It's like the dew of Hermon falling on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has appointed the blessing life forevermore. And one of the keys for us, for our unity, has to be that we are thankful for one another that we are thankful for one another. 
Can I ask the, uh, the Jones family to come out, line up here? The Tidville, Narborough Joneses. Oh, oh, Isaac's out, okay. No problem. Okay, so this is the Jones family, a wonderful part of our family. And it's really important for us, and I just wanted to point out this morning, that as a family, we need every part of every family. Okay? Not just the parents, not just the children, but we need every part of every family. And some members of the family we might see more than others. So Rich here, for example, see him week in, week out. A lot of what God does um, for us um, through him is quite public. I can tell you a lot of it, more of it, we don't see. But for us, for all of us, we see and we receive a lot of what Rich does for us very directly. And that's fantastic. But then some members of the family we see, but we don't actually realise the extent of what they do. Sarah. We see Sarah week in, week out. But I can tell you, and I can promise you, we see nothing of what she does for us. We, she does so much for us, and she blesses us so much, and we need her. But you may not realise it. And it may only be when you get to meet Sarah face to face, when she helps you, when she is there for you, that you realise how incredible she is. But week to week, we might not realise, because her ministry might not be as public as everybody else's. But they are just as equally important, those people. And then, it's equ- on top of that, it's really equally important that we have our kids with us. That they spur us on and encourage each other and us as much as our, their parents do. You know, Isaac um, is out with the youth today and he's just started youth. But already he is telling us the way that God is changing him and impacting him. And you know what? That's spurring on the other youth. But as well, that's really spurring on the leaders. Nearly all of the leaders have told me how much what, um, what Isaac's been saying has been going on in him has really encouraged them and spurred them on. We need our children. Martha. <laughs> Do you know the great thing about kids is they just care about people, don't they? They just care. I don't know if you've ever asked a child, why do you like such and such? They can very rarely give you an answer. They're just like, I don't know, I just like them. And you know, Martha really likes Lauren. (laughs) And when Martha decided that she liked Lauren, though I have many reasons, Martha had no reasons for liking Lauren. She just decided she liked Lauren. And you know, for years, Martha has liked Lauren and continues to like her. And Lauren really likes Martha. And you know what? Lauren always talks about, whenever she gets to see Martha, how encouraged she is that Martha just likes her. And it's just such a blessing, isn't it? Children are so encouraging because they just like us for no reason. (laughs) It's great. But you know, another reason why Martha encourages me, I've mentioned before when I've been standing here that sometimes I like to look around during worship and just, I I really am thankful for the body when I look and see us worshipping together. But I don't know if you've ever caught Martha and Emily Batston worshipping together. They make up um, dance moves and mime to, their, uh, to the worship songs. And they just really joyfully worship the Lord. And you know what? When I catch a vision of that, when I see that happening, I'm like, I would not dare do that. I am not going to throw some shapes right now. But you know what? It's fantastic. 
that these young women are worshipping the Lord and having fun doing it. And that spurs me on and encourages me. And I think, you know, like when Peter gets bullied by the, the girl, oh, you don't know Jesus. I'm thinking, I can't be intimidated by the way that some young girls are worshipping the Lord. I've got to bring it here. Because if they're worshipping the Lord like that, I need to be. I want them to look at me and be encouraged by my worship. And then Elijah, last but not least. I don't know, for those of you who have been at Bible Week, I, um, I, I don't know if you saw... Um, Elijah at Bible Week but he just was like with everyone (laughs) Elijah has so many friends and he introduces his friends to all of his other friends and he makes everyone feel welcome and I never saw Elijah leaving anyone out but actually he was joining all these people together and they were all playing with him and he was playing with them and he just blessed the kids and you know what? I may not have interaction. And, and um, you know, Elijah's not wandering me around the, the building introducing me to everyone. But I'm blessed and encouraged to know that our kids aren't being left out because there's people like him bringing people together and not leaving anyone out. It's awesome. Thank you, Jones family. In a church this size... We might not have, and we probably won't have realistically, really close, intimate friendships with one another, where we know everything about one another's lives um, and everything that's going on all the time. And I appreciate that. But for me, even if I don't have that with you, I know that I need you. I really know that I need you. Because it's not really about me. It's about his kingdom. So even if I don't have that close, intimate, personal relationship with every single person in this room, that's okay because we're extending the kingdom of God together. And I'm really, really thankful for each and every one of you. And as I come around this table today with you and I break bread with you, I'm thankful for every single one of you. We might not know exactly how Jesus has joined us together, but he has. (laughs) We might not know exactly why, but he has. So let's appreciate one another as we come round the table. The third thing is breaking bread forces us to stop. (laughs) It forces, in its very act, it forces us to stop. I'm really conscious that lots of us are busy. There's so much going on with every person's life. And to try and balance family and church and work and hobbies and keeping fit and friends and everything else that life throws at us, it can be sometimes hard to get that balance right because life is, is not always that simple. But when we come to break bread, we just have to stop and look at Jesus. How many other events in our lives just force us to stop and focus on this one thing and think of nothing else? Psalm 62, verse 1 to 2 says, I am at rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and salvation, my stronghold. I will never be shaken. You know, if your mind is racing with everything that's going on today, with everything else, you know, that will be there when you leave the room. All the busyness of life will still be there. But can I encourage you, take the time today to just stop Take the time to appreciate the cross, what Jesus has done for us.
just take the time and stop and enjoy that moment where we can just look at Jesus together. The fourth thing is, the cross reminds me of my need. The cross reminds me every time, every time I break bread, it reminds me how much I need Jesus. Because the moment I accepted Christ, I knew I needed him. But years later, my need for him has not changed today as on that day when I gave him my life. Because I can't get used to living the Christian life. I can't figure out all the tips, tricks, and shortcuts to be able to live the Christian life. I have to walk with him every day. If the Holy Spirit doesn't speak to me every day, then I don't know what to do. What am I supposed to do? Because his life, my life has been bought. It's not my own anymore. I need him. And when I come to the table, I'm reminded of the cross. And I see again, Jesus, I need you. I can't do this without you. And it reminds me of my need for each other. First and foremost, because I can't really break bread on my own. I can eat some bread and I can drink some wine, but Paul never really gives instructions for making sure we're breaking bread on our own properly. It's always in the context of one another. Just in the physical act of breaking bread, I'm reminded, hey, I need a friend. I need my brothers and sisters with me. There's something about the fact that until we've got everyone with us, we can't appreciate fully what Jesus has done because I have to be able to look at what Jesus has done in your life, Alex. I have to be able to look and see what Jesus has done in your life, Emily. And say, wow, God, you've not just done it for me, but look at what you've done for everyone else as well. Reminds me of my need. And finally, breaking bread reminds me of my future. The future. 1 Corinthians 11.26 For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I'm going to get excited now. (laughs) Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming for a glorious bride. Jesus is coming. That's not just something we say, it's true. Jesus is coming for his bride. He's coming back. Jesus has not left us. He has not forsaken us. But he is coming back. That is awesome. That's so good. And when I break bread, I'm thinking there are so many things vying for my attention. You know, there's things for right now. There's things for next week. There's things for next month, next year. But there is a future that has to frame all of that. And that future is that Jesus is coming back. And what I do today impacts that. Impacts my readiness for that. Impacts the treasure that I'll receive when he comes back. And the reward that I'll be given. And what I do to help prepare one each other. When Paul talks about, you know, I strive to present everyone mature. That was his heart. He wanted to see every one of us come into all that he was coming into. And let's make that our heart for one another. That we strive to see every single person here come into all that God has for them so that when Christ comes back we receive a full reward 
You know, one day, we won't enjoy this meal anymore because we're proclaiming his death until he comes. And when he comes, all the power that is in this meal, all of the... Um, all that it points to and it declares and all that it represents, we'll be enjoying it. All in its fullness. But until then, let's enjoy this meal. Let's stop and remember how much we need Christ. Let's see the equality we share with one another. And let's appreciate and be thankful for all he has done for us and for one another and proclaim together again that our King is coming. He is coming back for his glorious bride. So could a couple of people just help get the table over here? And I just want to ask, could all the, uh, the hot rock kids that are in here just come down for me? And could all the explorers come as well? That would be great. Ready to deliver bread and wine on your Heelys. Nice. I, um, I was thinking about how to do this, and, I, um, and when I was thinking about having the explorers and the kids doing this, it wasn't just because the kids are here and it's like a nice uh, parallel between the two, but because from the youngest to the oldest, we just need everyone. We just need everyone here. So, explorers, could we... Yeah, of course. Yeah, go for it. I'm encouraged this morning because I listened to a song this morning before I came out and it was called um, At His Table or The Table and sometimes I listen to songs and then I think oh I want to listen to that again and I listen to it again and it's all about feasting at the table of the Lord and I, I thought many things before I came to the meeting this morning but one of the things I thought was it'd be really good if we could break bread so mm. I was really encouraged when I walked in and then I just thought I wanted to share the lyrics of the song with you um, obviously I won't sing it but um, <laughs> And just take from it whatever you want to, but it's all about coming to the Lord's table and what we can receive and what we can find there. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I won't hunger anymore at his table. Come all you weary, come and find. His yoke is easy, his burden light. He is able, he will restore at the table of the Lord. There is peace at the table of the Lord and I won't worry anymore at his table. There is healing at the table of the Lord. There is healing at the table of the Lord. And I won't suffer anymore at his table, at his table. Come all you weary, come and find. His yoke is easy, his burden light. He is able, he will restore at the table of the Lord. Oh, I know he has a place for me. Oh, what joy will fill my heart with the saints around the mercy seat of God. Come all you weary, come and find. His yoke is easy, his burden light. He is able, he will restore at the table of the Lord. Amen. Come just as you are to his table. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the body that was broken for us and the blood that was spilled for us. Thank you for one another, Lord. Thank you that we enjoy together all the people that you've joined us with. Lord Jesus, for your glory and for the extension of your kingdom. Lord, together we remember you. We remember the body that was broken for us and the blood that was shed for us. Thanks for joining us today. There's so much going on at Living Rock Church and we'd love for you to be involved. 
Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching. Visit www.livingrock.church or search for us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We meet every Sunday at 10.30am in Stony Stanton and 4pm in Tamworth and Market Harborough. Feel free to come and visit us. We'd love to meet you.